Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, here we go. Brand new Flyers Daily for March 1st. The month of March has arrived. We are through February, on to the second to last month of the NHL regular season. And the Flyers are back in action tonight to take on the New York Rangers. Before we get to the Rangers in a quick preview, we've got a ton to get to in this episode. Chuck Fletcher spoke yesterday. I'm going to give you that in its entirety. I know a lot of people didn't see it or haven't heard it, so I'll let you hear that. Coming up, he met with the media for about 15 minutes, talked about the deadline, the fact that they are sellers, and that they have a long process ahead of them. Uh, But they're not going to cut any corners, and they're going to do things the right way. So we'll hear from Chuck Fletcher, and we're also going to hear, before we get to Chuck Fletcher, as promised in yesterday's episode, I had a sit-down with Ivan Provorov. Talk about all kinds of different stuff from preparation for games, recovery, when you've played 27 minutes a night, training, the evolution of your training as a pro athlete, recovery, sleep, and tons more about his game. And uh, we'll do that with Ivan Provorov in just a moment. But tonight, Flyers take on the Rangers. All right, the Rangers, what are, what are they up to? Right now, they're sitting in the third spot in the Metropolitan Division of the Eastern Conference. 60 games played, 34-17-9, and 77 points. They're six points back of the New Jersey Devils and have played one more game than the Devils. And they're nine points back of the division-leading Carolina Hurricanes. They are 6-3-1 in their last 10. They won their last game. They are plus 33 on the season. And by the time you hear this, perhaps Patrick Kane will be a New York Ranger. And perhaps we'll play even tonight. Not sure. We know that Vladimir Tarasenko will. Artemi Panarin will. Uh, we know about the goaltending they have with Igor Shosturkin, who has been good this year, but not quite eager Igor of last year. When you look at save percentage in the NHL, he is 24th in the league with a 9-10 save percentage. Hard to believe. I mean, last year his numbers were absolutely incredible, off the charts. A little bit of a bounce back to earth season for Igor Shosturkin, uh, but still, obviously, a goaltender that can take them on a very, very nice run. We'll see if he's able to do that. His last five games, he's got a record of three and two, and the save percentage has not been great. In four of the five games, it's sub 900. He had a 929 back on February 26th, uh, 773. On the 25th, an 810 on the 20th in a loss against Winnipeg, an 862 in a loss against or a win against Edmonton, and an 862 in a win against the Vancouver Canucks. So he's allowed two goals, five goals, four goals, four goals, four goals. Not really on his game right now, but we'll see if the Rangers can provide enough offense to help Igor out because they are the 11th highest scoring team in the NHL averaging 3.3 goals per game. And obviously, if they get Kane, another power play threat as well, add that to the pure shooting of Vladimir Tarasenko and the playmaking ability of Panarin and Zibanejad and Fox. Looks like no Keandre Miller for uh, the game because he is suspended. Uh, The Rangers 11th in the NHL in power play at 22.7%. So Flyers-Rangers coming up tonight. One of the men... One of the men tasked with limiting the offense of the New York Rangers is Ivan Provorov. Haven't heard from Provy much this season uh, here on Flyers Daily. I had a chance to catch up with him at practice, have a nice conversation about an assortment of different topics. So here's my conversation with Flyers D-man Ivan Provorov. Uh, We're here at Flyers practice with Flyers defenseman Ivan Provorov. Provy, how you been? Uh, Pretty 
Pretty decent, not too bad. How does this season, and in particular this stretch where things have not gone well for you guys, how's that kind of wear on you? Um, it can be frustrating, I know that. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think uh, overall there's been uh, a lot of tough moments in the last three seasons. Uh, obviously, uh, um, sometimes it could, you know, grow old, but, you know, at the end of the day, all you can do is uh, try to do your best and uh, um, try to get out of it. How do you feel? How's your body holding up? I mean, the other day you played 27 minutes in the front end of a back-to-back uh, in Calgary. You come back, you put a lot of minutes in in the, in the next one in Edmonton, too. How's your body holding up at this point? great. I mean, uh, I played a lot since probably the, you know, I was eight, nine years old. Obviously, I every player wants to be out there as much as, as, much as they can, but uh, I think... Uh, you know, over the years playing in the NHL, I've proven that I can, you know, have a, you know, a lot of ice time and uh, be able to contribute there during those minutes. Do you feel like more minutes you play, the more into a game you can be because you I can think, affect it, right? I think so. I mean, uh, obviously, uh, when you play a lot, it almost feels like you're slightly a step ahead of the guys they're, you know, that you're playing against in the sense that, like, even if they're going like they're every third or every fourth shift sometimes you're going out there every second shift it almost feels like you're in the better rhythm uh, see the game more like clearly and uh, just kind of a step ahead there's no time to drift mentally at all is there no no not really I mean regardless of how much you're playing obviously you're trying to stay do the best that you can to stay in the game but like I said when you play a lot uh you, it just feels like you you are able to get on a whole different level. Um, recovery, I imagine, for you is is a really big element because of the amount of minutes you play. Have you how much have you changed kind of your post game recovery over your career? Uh, changed a lot? Not really. I mean, I think uh, luckily, you know, with uh, you know my dad and all the coaches growing up, I've uh, uh, I came into the NHL prepared already knowing uh a lot about my body and a lot uh you know knowing a lot what i needed to do for myself to feel my best every day every game and uh obviously it tweaked a few things here and there but overall uh uh stick to the same things and uh, i think it's been uh you know paying off so far i think people are always interested in what you see you guys play for the two and a half two hours and 45 minutes what happens around it let me ask you about sleep because there's been a lot of studies done there and that can affect a ton how, how was how do you kind of do your sleep thing yeah I this mean, is probably a weird question you uh, weren't expecting but i mean i think that's i think it's a fair question i think obviously after you know playing a lot traveling you know back to back there's definitely a lot of uh, stress on your body, not just physically, but mentally. You know, your your adrenaline level uh, adrenaline level is high, so sometimes it's very tough to uh, you know fall asleep after the games. I personally sometimes can't fall asleep till very late uh, after the game. So I, you can't just turn off everything. Just, yeah, it's just you know you're tired, you're ready to go to bed, but somehow you just aren't able to you know shut the whole body down. But you're. You're, you're able to adjust and on the, you know on the days that you don't have a game 
uh, you know, maybe, uh, you know, an extra couple hours at night, go to bed a little earlier, get some naps in. Uh, but yeah, I think that part is very important. And uh, like I said, if you can, you know, get your rest and uh, feel rested, you're going to feel better in the game. Because the season is such a grind. Um, you guys will be back on Wednesday against the Rangers. Important for you guys to finish this, this string out strong. Yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously, we know where we are, but uh, I think we're just, like I said, trying to do our best every game. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that didn't go our way this year, but I think uh, if, you, if you look at the, you know, the past compared to the previous two years, I think this year has been a big step for our team. And uh, there's a lot of, you know, big guys that are out right now and uh, a lot of young guys that are coming in so you know trying to you know show them uh, the way how to what it what it is and how it is in the nhl and uh hopefully those guys can uh, get adjusted to, uh, quickly and can contribute to the team last thing you one of those you kind of bestow the wisdom of your time because you're a guy i i always say you have the greatest ability in sports availability mm-hmm. you know it, it doesn't matter how good of a player you are if you're not available you, i think you've proven that pretty pretty well you yeah. give those guys some good advice yeah for sure i mean obviously uh you know uh any anything you can help with any experiences that you went through if you can pass on to the younger guys and uh you know uh uh kind of help them out that way obviously every new kid that comes into the you know, into the NHL is uh, somewhat nervous, you know. A lot to learn. A lot to learn. Obviously, you one day you're, you know, watching these guys on TV. The next day you're in the same locker room or playing against the same people that you grew up, you know, idolizing. So uh, it could be a lot of times, but, you know, sometimes the biggest advice is just, you know, enjoy it and work hard. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Control you what know, you can control. Yeah. You know, obviously don't try to be perfect everybody makes mistakes it happens yeah you know so uh, yeah like i mean like like even last year you know when ronnie atard i think played his maybe first or second game against toronto i think he was minus five you know and obviously we were, we were traveling to uh new york uh for the back-to-back and you know i see him on the train he's definitely you know, a little upset. You know, that's definitely not how you want your first game to go. But and you went through that, and I was like, "Hey, listen, <laughs> I went through the same thing, game three, and uh, against Chicago. Yep. In Chicago, that's you know, and doesn't the, define you. It doesn't. I mean, it, it's it's one game. You know what I mean? <laughs> and honestly, a hockey game is so interesting. You can have the best game ever. Uh, you know, making plays. You know, especially as a defenseman, making plays, breaking out, creating. But you end up minus three, and every time you got scored on, you were so far away from you know the the puck. That, That's a team stat. You know, there's nothing you can do. But also, you can have a terrible game, but then come out of the game one plus one. You yeah. know what I mean? So a lot of times, stats don't define define how you played. But as long as you, you know, able to learn from your mistakes and try to limit those and, you know, uh, not re- not repeat the same uh, same ones, uh, you should be fine. Great advice. Proby, thanks for doing this. Best of luck on Wednesday. Thank you. Great to catch up with Ivan Provorov and always like picking players' brains as they've been in the legal for a good amount of time now. 
and how their preparation for games, seasons, and how all that kind of evolves. And you get ready for a year. As you get older, you learn your body more. And Provy's an interesting one because he takes about two days off the ice at the end of a season. He just loves being on the ice, and that's a huge part of his training, huge part of his preparation, and a huge part of his pretty much day-to-day life. So we thank him for joining us. Also, yesterday, Chuck Fletcher met with the media in advance of the NHL trade deadline, which is coming up in two days on Friday, and talked with the media about the direction of the team, what they're open to doing, and uh, where things may go from here. You're going to hear some things that maybe they weren't as clear about in prior press availabilities. So here's Flyers GM meeting with the media. So here's Flyers GM Chuck Fletcher meeting with the media yesterday. Chuck, do you uh, hope to make a big move, medium move, or or do you think that will happen in the offseason? I'm talking about before the deadline. Do you hope to make a big move? Well, it clearly will depend on the market and the opportunities that are there. The, the primary um, focus, I guess most of the calls I've had have been about players on expiring contracts and the rental players, if you will. That, that seems to be the main focus of most of the calls I've had. And saying that, we're, we're willing to listen on just about anything if it makes sense. Uh, the one limiting factor right now, there's some teams that are really tight on the cap or tight on LTIs. So when you're looking at maybe a bigger move or a hockey move, you just want to make sure you're not limiting your market too much. And and uh, it's often easier to do it in the summer, but that doesn't mean you know something can't pop up. But the focus right now has been mainly on the uh, on the rentals. Where do you stand on salary retention? Are you open to it? Is that a big part of the conversation? Yes. Yeah, we're open to it. Yeah. Chuck, assuming that you guys are selling at the deadline, it, that would be the we're third. We're selling. Yeah. yeah. This would be the third straight deadline that you've had to sell it. Is that an indication that perhaps you guys are sort of restarting uh, you know, the process here of building the team back up? Oh, absolutely. I think we've been pretty clear about it all year, particularly after Kateri and Atkinson went down. And, you know, the priority this year well, one, I think for Torts and the coaching staff to get to know the players and for all of us to see who's going to be part of the solution going forward. But, you know, some of these injuries have afforded us to, to provide a longer runway for some of the young players to, to show what they can do and establish themselves in the league. And, um, you know, the, the rosters change on a daily basis, but as of a few days ago, I believe we were the seventh youngest roster in the NHL uh, last year. At the beginning of the year, we were 30th. So we're clearly we're we're getting younger. Um, you know, Torts and the staff have been working hard on building the standard and uh, trying to reestablish the, the flyer identity of, of being a hard team to play against. Uh, defensively, we're getting better. I mean, clearly we have work to do. Um, it's going to be a, you know a longer process and maybe what we want, but uh, you know I think we're starting to to build the right way and and uh, integrate a lot of young players into our team. Chuck, in the process of trying to sell, what are you looking for in return? Are you looking for draft capital in the future? Are you looking for younger players, prospects, veterans? What are you looking for? No, either or uh, in terms of picks or prospects. You know, we want younger assets. So if we can, uh, some players, realistically, it'll be, you know, be some kind of pick. And, um, but, you know, prospects uh, work well, too. And, and so, you know, some combination of, of, of both would be great. Chuck, after the All-Star break, uh, there was that letter out from from John Tortorella, basically saying that we're in the first step. You know, yesterday he said we're not making the playoffs, and that next year might be rough too. I guess, what do you see as the timeline 
right now to, uh, to to getting this back on track in terms of being a contending team? You know, that, that's difficult to say right now. I mean, we're not um, we're not looking to take shortcuts right now. But again, I think we've um, again a lot of young players have stepped into our team this year. Most years, it seems like you have one or two young players pushing. This year, between Cates and Tippett and York and Allison and uh, Frost, uh, you know, all these guys are starting to establish themselves as NHLers. I think the goal next year would be, can two more kids push their way onto the team? There's a group of six or seven where that those two could come from. But look, we want to keep getting younger. Um, we're going to have an opportunity to draft a, a real good player this year. Right now, I think we're, we're sitting in the eighth slot. Um, you know, there, there's clearly Bedard is is at the top of the heap, but there's another group of seven, eight players after that that we think are very good. So we're, we're going to have an opportunity to get a, a good player. We have two more first round picks the year after. So, you know, I think we have to continue to work to get younger and um, continue to, to build around some of the assets we have here. And I, I'm not sure on the time frame. You know, I've seen some teams flip it pretty quickly. Um, it probably depends on how well you draft and how well you develop, and, and that's going to be our focus. You guys have shied away in the past of, of using the word rebuild specifically. Do you feel like this is a rebuild now, or is that still a word you don't really want to use? I, I just, it's terminology. I mean, are, are we going to gut this team? No, we're not going to gut this team. I'm not looking to trade Tippett and Farabee and Frost and Gauthier and just trade everybody and start over. Um, but, you know, clearly we have to get younger and we have to find some more young assets. So. You know, I think what we're going to try to do is probably more in line with what most of the teams in the league have tried to do the last few years. And you keep some of your better assets, and if you can move a couple other players out to get younger, then, then we'll do that. But um, you know, the timing of how you do things is important, and it really depends on the market. And, and um, the goal is to get better and to get value, not just to move guys out. Yesterday, Twert said that TK will probably be out long term, um, and you would you know, clear things up. Is he out for the season or? I don't think so at this point. He, he may be. Um, I know he'll be in contact with, with the doctors here over the next two to three weeks. He's, he's on the bike today. He, he, he feels pretty good. And I think he's hopeful he can come back. But, you know, whether or not that's realistic, you know, we'll see. Can you give us a time frame? Is that for at least two weeks or week to week? Or I'd say week, it's going to be more than two weeks. But I'd say week to week. And we'll probably have a good update in maybe three weeks' time. How about Sean Couturier, Chuck? It seems like he's back on the ice and doing some things. How is his progress looking? Yeah, this, it's been going really well. He's skating, um, skated today, shot a lot of pucks. I don't know if uh, you guys were around when he was doing that, but he, he looked pretty good. Uh, off the ice, he's ramping up his, his development uh, and rehab, sorry. Um, you, you know, is there enough runway for him to play this year? I don't know. Um, you know, the back is feeling great. He's missed a lot of time. You know, can we get him into hockey shape? Um, with the time remaining, I'm not sure. But, uh, you know, I think we're, we're pleased with the progress. And, and he's in a pretty good frame of mind. I think he's, he's excited to be out on the ice and doing more. It's been a long, long process for him. So I think it, it's, uh, it's more enjoyable right now, and he's feeling pretty good. If he isn't able to play this season, how confident are you that he would be able to come back and make an impact next season? Well, I mean, I think we're really hopeful to be able to come back and play. And I think we've seen through this, there's a lot of things you, you can't control. But I, I think the medical people are, are confident we can get him healthy. And then, you know, after missing the time that he's missed, I'm sure there'll be a little bit of an adjustment. But, but he's a smart player and a competitive player and, and, and certainly a, a guy that, you know, we really hope can, can get back to where he was. 
you mentioned uh, seeing some of the young players start to flourish. Obviously, Cam York was your very first pick, and he was sent down to the AHL, and now he's making an impact. How much has his development, as well as some of these other guys like Tippett, maybe changed the organization's view of what they need to do and just be patient, like stay true to what you guys were doing beforehand? Yeah, they're they're you know it's been great. I mean, obviously with young players, they're they're up and down a bit. They're you know Cam and and Owen have had great games, had some okay games, and and they're they're still finding their way in the league. I think Cam is about sixty games in the league, and I think I've said this before to you. Rick Wilson used to always say it takes two hundred games for a defenseman to to sort of find that consistency and sort of find find what he does well and do that consistently every night. Uh, so there's still a growing period for both of them, but you know they both clearly look like they have some attributes we need. They both have skill. They both have the ability. Like Cam moves the puck really well. He's really defended well, and for a lot of this year, we've asked him to play the right side, and which he can do, but it's not as easy for a young defenseman moving the puck all the time. You're on your backhand a lot, and he did a, a pretty good job of that. So I, I think both kids, the fact that they've kept getting getting better. Noah Cates, uh, you know, it's been kind of incredible watching him play. I mean, he's, you know, there's been very little inconsistency in his game, which is unusual. But, you know, it's, it's been nice to see these players play. And, you know, with Katuri and Atkinson, um, you know, missing the time that they have, it, you know, players like Cates and Frost and even Tippett have probably gotten a little, little more opportunity to, to play even bigger roles than maybe what they would have. And in the long run, that's good for us. Obviously, it, it hurt us this year, but in the long run, that's good. One guy who uh, giving them those options. I know you guys have resisted like doing up and down, up and back with a lot of the young guys. Once the trade deadline does pass, how do you plan to approach the younger prospects when it comes to giving them stability versus experience up here? It's a great question. Um, we're only allowed four recalls. So if you keep anybody on your roster as of the deadline, they're up for the year. Um, Lehigh Valley's in their first real playoff push since 2018. And um, to me, it's a part of the sign of the growth of our organization, the fact that we're, we're pushing, we're in a playoff spot, and we're going to have a chance to, to hopefully make the playoffs. So to me, that's the priority. Um, you know, we have seven kids completing their first year of pro hockey down there. You know, players from Forster, Brink, Denoye, Adderd, um, Jenning, Wisdom, and Urson. And um, they're all important players on that team, and, and they're helping to push that team into the playoffs. So to me, that probably trumps anything uh, that we could give them up here. Um, you know, they have a good group, a tight group, and they like each other and they're playing hard for each other. So I think to see how far they could go would be the best thing we could do for their long-term development. In saying that, we do have the four recalls. So, you know, I'm sure at the right time we'll decide who that is. I mean, Denoye is making a push to show he wants some games or some kids down there right now. Zamula, Adder, Jennings played exceptionally well. Uh, those kids have probably all earned uh, the right to, to get a look, and we're not going to be able to, to to accommodate all of them, short of a lot of injuries. But um, you know, the focus will be mainly on Lehigh Valley. One guy who has more. popped up in in trade rumors is Kevin Hayes. Obviously, he has three more years left on his deal, but you know, he's he's in his 30s now. He's on the older end. I guess we talked a little bit about timeline. Is he a guy where he potentially doesn't fit your guys' timeline, and you might look to move him, whether at the deadline or in the off season? Yeah, potentially. Uh, you know, it's a it's a fair question. Again, it'll depend on on market and, and opportunity and fit. Um, but again, I think we're, you know, I've expressed to teams, look, we're we're open to ideas and we're willing to to listen on lots of different types of scenarios. So, 
Um, you know, without addressing Kevin specifically, uh, you know, because I don't know if it's fair to, to single out names, but, you know, clearly, you know, we'd, we'd like to um, get even younger if we can, and, and, and uh, if we can do that, then we're going to try to do that. You have three point communication. Up, um, another guy who's sorry. come up in conversation has been Nick Sealer. I'm curious, what made you want to take a chance on him after he didn't play for a year, and what has it been like seeing him progress and become an every night NHLer? Yeah, well, it's a real credit to Nick. Uh, also, I think to Torts and Bradshaw, the job they've done with all of our defensemen. I think Nick and, and Ristolainen in particular have taken uh, massive strides this year and really improved. Um, you know, Nick, it, to, to miss a year at that point in time and to be able to come back and continue to grow his game is a real credit to him. But he's a character kid and, and uh, you know, it doesn't surprise me. You know, there's teams that would probably have interest in him. You know, and he's a, he's still a valuable player for us, and a player on a on a on a real good cap number for next year as well. So, um, I think he's somebody that you know, I can tell you probably quite a few teams have interest in. Chuck Dean Hilford, he was added to the uh, front office the other day. Um, is he going to be somebody that you rely on, or is he strictly the business side of it? Because I know he took some of Dave Scott's duties over. Is he a guy that's going to be working with you on the flyer side or, or no? Yeah, I'm sure there'll be a lot of um, communication and integration between the two. I still uh, report to Dave, and uh, but I'm looking forward to meeting Dan. Actually, I'm going to get a chance to meet him uh, today for the first time in person, so I'm looking forward to that. And, you know, we try to work as close as we can with people on the business side and literally, you know, two sides of the, of the river here. But, uh, you know, there is a lot of things we work on together, and I'm looking forward to it. Check yeah. Dave, uh, is he totally on board with the timeline of your of the process here, how you're going? Yeah, I've had a lot of conversations with Dave and spent a lot of time with him this weekend. And and um, I think we all recognize where we're at. I mean, it's, you know, we're, we're not making the playoffs this year. I think, again, I can throw numbers all day on a points percentage basis. I think we're the fifth most improved team in the league. But clearly, um, that's nice, but we're still not good enough. But you know, we, we do want to get younger and we want to continue to get better. And it's not easy to do, but we're going to we're going to work hard at it. Chuck Fletcher meeting with the media at the Flyer Skate Zone yesterday. I imagine we'll hear from him after Friday's deadline as well. We'll get him on the podcast next week as well uh, and talk to him about any deadline moves that he makes, direction of the team and much more. So we'll do that sometime next week. But thank you for listening. Uh, enjoy the Flyers Rangers game tonight. We'll break it down tomorrow on a brand new episode of Flyers Daily. Oh, 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 oh,